In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in One, who comes to us and qualifies us for things that we have no business receiving. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know what it's like to be qualified for something? Have you ever gone through a process where you were getting qualified in order to do a a certain job, maybe, or maybe to receive a certain responsibility? Have you ever been told that you're not qualified? Or maybe underqualified, or maybe even overqualified for some job or some responsibility that some that you wanted to have and somebody perhaps didn't want to give you for a certain reason? Well, we know what it's like to qualify. We know what it's like to have to take the SAT or the ACT or the FCAT or whatever it is to take these kind of tests in order to become qualified for something. And we sort of understand the reason, too, that we have this sort of, these systems of qualification that are before us. Most of them are actually to protect us. You know, if you go into the doctor, you want to know that that doctor actually graduated from a qualifying institution, hopefully not from the West Indies, And that that person knows what they're doing, rather than just being somebody who said, well, I really like to heal people. And hopefully when you're getting a lawyer, you are getting somebody who has actually passed the bar exams, instead of just saying, well, I really like to argue. These qualifications, they help to protect us from people that maybe aren't so qualified to do things for us. And so they help to protect us from people that might do us some harm, maybe not even meaning to, but doing us some harm just because they're not completely trained, not completely qualified for what they do. Of course, there's also a sense of that qualification that deals with us, ourselves. We say at times, well, I'm just not qualified to do that. And that has everything to do with this sense of protecting yourself. I'm not qualified to get up here and teach you all how to sing. That's not my gift. You don't want to hear that. There's a reason that they turned down my mic when we're singing. I'm not qualified. And that protects me from getting up here and trying to hit notes that I have no business trying to hit. Or maybe you, if somebody said, well, why don't you get up today and preach the sermon? Maybe you would say, well, I'm not qualified for that. I haven't been trained to do all of that public speaking stuff. And it has to do with protecting yourself from embarrassment or from something else. 
Well, this morning in uh, reading from Acts, we have this sort of sense of qualification that runs as a theme throughout that reading. You see, first of all, you have this guy named Philip. And Philip's qualifications are actually sort of up in the air because Philip's identity is up in the air. You see, in the book of Acts, there are two Philips. And we're not sure when one stops and one starts or if they're just coexisting. They don't really differentiate them. We know that one of those Philips is one of the twelve disciples. He was the guy that went to his brother Nathaniel and said, We found the Messiah. That was Philip the disciple. But we also know that there's another Philip, Philip the deacon. He's one of these seven guys that they decided we're going to take care of sort of the business matters of the church early on in Acts. And so we're not really sure who this Philip is that is actually sent by the Holy Spirit in order to go and talk to this Ethiopian guy. And we're not really quite sure what his credentials are. We're not sure if he actually sort of qualifies as an apostle or if he qualifies as a deacon, which is a different sort of qualification. And so his qualifications are sort of up in the air. But they're at least up in the air. Because the Holy Spirit is sending Philip to this person who absolutely, Philip, whoever he was, if he was the deacon or if he was the disciple, would have known, because he was a good Jewish boy, would have known that this Ethiopian guy, well, he doesn't qualify. You see, the reason that he doesn't qualify, first of all, he's, he's a foreigner. He's from Ethiopia. And even though he's grown to love this God, Yahweh, even though he has actually come to Jerusalem in order to worship, probably for the Passover, even though he's come all of this way, he still wouldn't be allowed to worship completely there. He wouldn't have an all-access pass. He would have been kept out in the court of the Gentiles. But there was one other thing that was sort of disqualifying this Ethiopian eunuch. And that was the fact that he was a eunuch. Which means that he had been castrated for some reason. Probably because he worked with a queen. And they didn't want him to have the desire that might come otherwise. Well, that caused a problem in Judaism. Because you see, in Judaism, there's a couple of things that happen to those kinds of people, Ethiopians and eunuchs. First of all, if you're an Ethiopian and you're a God-fearer and you want to become a good Jewish person the most that you can do is become a proselyte. Which means that forever you're still going to be considered a Gentile. But that there's hope for your children. That there's hope that your children might be considered ethnically Jewish, not just religiously Jewish. No matter what their skin color looks like. 
your son or your daughter could say, I am a Jew. But there's a problem with that if you're a eunuch. You can't have children. And so, this Ethiopian was feeling disqualified from any sort of future with his relationship with this God, Yahweh. On top of that, the book of Leviticus is very clear that any, any being, animal or human, who is castrated is considered to be specially cursed and specially unclean. In fact, that's a little bit of what the prophet Isaiah speaks about in the message that this Ethiopian eunuch is reading. So you can probably get a sense of what was going through the mind of this Ethiopian eunuch, the level of disqualification that he felt deep down inside of him. He had gone to Jerusalem. He had spent the money, the time, to go to Jerusalem in order probably to be told by almost every other religious person that he met that he was disqualified for all sorts of reasons. And now he was on his way back to Ethiopia. Back to his homeland. Back to a place where he was absolutely qualified. He was probably more qualified than any average Ethiopian around there. He was in charge of the queen's treasury, which meant that he was the fed chief of Ethiopia. He was the Alan Greenspan, the Ben Bernanke of Ethiopia. He was absolutely qualified. But coming back from being told that he didn't qualify even to get into the gates. And here he is, reading a section of Isaiah that talks about someone who has been cursed in a similar way. You see what Isaiah is getting at when he says in that reading, who can speak of his generation, for his life has been taken from the earth. What Isaiah is talking about there is a special kind of curse that they considered people that were childless to have. You see, they felt that if you did not procreate, if you did not continue to have life on earth, that somehow that meant that supernaturally you didn't have life really any place. And so Philip walks up to him. And you can imagine how that conversation might have gone. But before you do, just think about what you feel disqualified of. Is there something that you feel disqualified in doing with God? 
Do you feel disqualified from coming to communion? Do you feel disqualified from bringing God all of your sins so that He might forgive them? Do you feel disqualified in doing His work out in this world? Do you feel disqualified from receiving His grace in baptism? That sense of disqualification comes from all sorts of things. From the devil telling you that you don't qualify to be a Christian. That you don't qualify to be his son or his daughter. That you don't qualify because of your sins or because of who you are, whatever it might be. That's what that Ethiopian felt like. Absolutely disqualified. And Philip walks up to that chariot. And he says, what are you reading? And the Ethiopian says, this is what I'm reading. It was probably even something maybe that was given to him by somebody to help explain why he was disqualified. And Philip says, do you, do you get it? Do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, I'm disqualified. I'm not qualified to know what this means. How can I know what this means unless somebody helps me out? And Philip says to him, what you're reading is about this guy named Jesus. He didn't have any sons or daughters either. This guy named Jesus, he was disqualified in the same way that you are. This is the Lord. This is God. And He took all of our disqualifications upon Himself. You see, when He was hanging up there on that tree, a lot of the Jewish people could look at Him and they could say, look at how disqualified He is for being the Messiah. First of all, He's hanging on a tree. Deuteronomy 22 tells you that anybody who is hanging on the tree is especially cursed, especially disqualified. And then you find out he doesn't have any kids, and so he's not qualified in that sense either. But there were things that they couldn't see. They couldn't see our disqualifications that he was taking up with him on that cross. The things that should disqualify us from being baptized the things that should disqualify us from coming to this altar and receiving His body and His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But He took those disqualifications upon Himself and died with them there. And then when He rose again out of that tomb, he showed us that God the Father said, Look, this is the one that I qualified for you. 
this is my son who was the only one who was qualified to live a righteous life and then to take your sins upon himself, have those crucify and die on that cross. He was the only one who was qualified to receive my wrath. To receive my disqualification. And because He did, you have been qualified. You have been qualified to receive that forgiveness. You have been qualified to receive that baptism. You've been qualified to receive His body and His blood given and shed for you. And you've been qualified for eternal life with Him. You are qualified for a life with Him. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.